Welcome back to the Faith Awakens podcast with me, your host, one of your hosts, Father Tom Hennon, chaplain and director of campus ministry at St. Ambrose, and as always, my co-host. Megan Grady, student at St. Ambrose. Uh, excited to be here, Father Tom, because you know what day it is that we're recording. What day on. is it, Meg? I have no idea. <laughs> it's Monday. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's May the 4th, as in May the 4th be with you. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is. Yeah, we knew about this. Yeah. Uh, May the 4th be with you. It is Star Wars Day. So I think we definitely will have to um, talk about that a fair bit in our conversation today. Um, That reminds me, too, I remember someone saying that tomorrow is the revenge of the fifth. (laughs) Yes, I, yes. I love that joke. Oh, man. So, yeah, we can talk about any number of uh, Star Wars things uh, today as kind of a, again, a welcome relief to everything else that um, is going on in the world and some distraction for the time being. And, of course, this is also Monday of finals week here at St. Ambrose University. So um, I don't know. It sounds like your finals week isn't too scary or hectic, which is good. Yeah, it's not too bad. I have... A couple papers do. I want to say I have like three papers due this week, um, which, I mean, I always say I'd rather take a paper than a test because I can control more, but papers are definitely hard, too. So it's not like an easy trade-off. But, um, yeah, I'm definitely better off than I think most of my uh, classmates and friends. So, yeah. How's your finals week going? Well, as a matter of fact, I did have a final this morning because I'm still taking piano lessons. So I had to do my piano juries, which had to be submitted by video. And um, if you don't know me, folks, um, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. And doing a video of myself playing piano, three pieces live, two of them from memory, is a perfectionist's hell. I'll just put it that way. Because I... I don't know how many takes I tried to get it perfect. And then finally just said, screw it. It's not going to be perfect. I'm just going to play through it and make mistakes, start over if I need to, just like it were a live jury, and did that. And then the other frustration of that, of course, is I am not very technologically savvy with like, okay, I, I recorded this cool video of myself. How do I send this giant file now to my professor who needs to watch this? And I think I figured it out, but I still am shaky, like, did it go through? So I'm waiting on my piano teacher to respond to say, yep, I got your video. It stinks. Um, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> parts of it do stink. It's perfect. It was, be like, it's so good. <laughs> it was so nerve-wracking. I mean, I know these pieces backwards and forwards, but you put a camera on you, and you're trying to do this live and perfect. It's just... No. Uh, so I think I got a little taste of what my purgatory will be um, just this morning trying to do that stupid video. But we got through it. I am enjoying the piano part of it. I'm enjoying learning and playing and continuing with lessons, and I plan to do that in the fall again. So, But that was my one and only final, and I made it through. I'd give myself a solid B- um, on on my performance. So, yeah. Well, it's funny because it's like I feel... I feel like, especially when I'm writing these papers, too, I'm, like, typing, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm just spitting absolute terribleness. I, like, it's all bad. This is all bad. And then I get the grade back. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, 
I definitely didn't think I deserved it. Or even just I read it back and I'm like, okay, this isn't terrible. So but with the beauty I'm of sure you writing, you can like, okay, I wrote that and I can go back to it and I can tweak it, I can change it. I mean, I do that a lot with my homilies and other stuff that I have to write articles and things like that. And there's like, uh, there's a point at which I feel like this is good, this is fine, or this is good enough, and then I can submit it. But when you're doing stuff live, uh, it's what it is, yeah. you know. Um, so, uh, and I, I mean, I I use the backspace button on my keyboard probably more than any key on the keyboard yes, because I'm constantly tweaking and changing, and I don't like how that sounds or I rewording things. And but you can do that with the paper, and then when you are ready or as ready as you feel like you're gonna be given the time constraints, then you can. Hit attach and send. So that's, yeah. I totally feel you on the videotaping thing, though, because last week for one of my creative arts, I'm taking an acting class mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Dan Hale. I love mm-hmm. him. If he's listening, I love you, Dan. You're the best. Um, <laughs> I'm really sad our time together got short, but uh, cut short. But uh, we have to do a monologue, um, and we had to film ourselves doing a monologue. And I did uh, Sally Brown's monologue from The Great Pumpkin where she's yelling at Linus in the pumpkin patch. And I was so excited. And so I start, I have my sister like filming me and I bet we did like 10 takes before I was just like, Hannah, just, I'm just go to bed. Like I'm going to be here a while because I totally feel you like no take was great. And like, even when it started out, it was like, oh, this is going to be it. I would forget something. And then I'd be like, oh my God. So, I messed up stuff really on those songs that I had to play today that I had never messed up, and then stuff that I yeah. had always messed up, I kind of got miraculously right, but it wasn't pretty. And then uh, I have extra school stress uh, coming right into this podcast, as a matter of fact, because I'm actually going back to school. I don't know if I told you this or not, but I am starting a doctor in ministry program through the University of St. Mary of the Lake Mundelein Seminary, which begins in July, supposed to be in person, I'm guessing might be virtual at this point, but so I had an orientation meeting for that on on you know one of these inter, these uh, uh, conferencing technologies, and so I'm starting to get stressed out about that because I'm realizing, oh boy, what did I sign up for? A lot more reading and writing and papers and deadlines and due dates and a thesis project, and I mean this whole thing is you know the class work for it is like two years, most of which there's only a couple weeks where I actually have to be on campus, and then. The other stuff is all done kind of remotely and I believe asynchronously. And then, um, you know, but probably two, three years of working on the thesis project, too. So I'm like, ah, but it'll be good. I'm, I did it. I applied for it because I thought this looks good. I want to do this. And I do like to challenge myself. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be a student. Welcome back. Yeah. Welcome back to being a student. <sighs> yeah, well, it's a terminal degree. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm done for sure after this. Yes. Um, I looked at any farther. Actually, and this is the easiest route I could find to a, a, a doctorate um, because I looked into different PhD programs and realized, holy cow, this would take like six years and a lot of money and a lot of time and driving back and forth like to Iowa City or something like that if I did something at University of Iowa. Um, or there was another possibility, well, okay, there's this program I could do out at Catholic U, but I would actually have to, like, supplant myself and move there for a year. That ain't going to happen in my ministry. So at least this one is close by, and it's doable. It'll be good. I'm excited about it. It's kind of the focus is on pastoral ministry, pastoral leadership, and and that kind of thing, so it works well. And 
Um, so I got to meet my classmates today uh, virtually. And, um, you do an icebreaker? No, we did not do an icebreaker, thank goodness, <laughs> other than tell everybody about ourselves a little bit. Kind of went around the horn for that. But, I, so I, I got was hoping you'd have to do a, doctoral, do a doctoral icebreaker. They don't have that when you get your doctorate? I, I, I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, okay, but I'm going to get through it. It's going to be fine. I, I look back at, and I'm sure you've done this too, you look back at all of those things, you thought, how did I get through that? And yet, you did. So yeah. Um, in a few years, I'll look back and think, how did I get through that? And hopefully I'll be able to say, I did. Or I crashed and burned. Uh, <laughs> one of the two. And I learned a valuable lesson about not biting off more than you can chew. Or they're making a movie about your life, and you look at the camera and you're like, you probably wonder how I got here. Well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> that would be the perfect, yes, retrospective. Love it. You're like, for either like you're really successful or you're like foraging in a garbage can or like a dumpster and it's like, look at the yep. camera. You're probably wondering how I got here. Well, it all started when I decided to get my doctorate. Yes. No, no, it's going to be good. You're going to be great. Well, you're a great student. Well, yeah, well, I don't I'll know. give you an A. Thanks, Meg. I appreciate it. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> all right. So student stress Wars. aside, yeah, let's move on to something a little bit lighter. Let's talk about Star Wars. And um, just to start our conversation off today, um, I have to make a plug. I have been watching the final, the seventh season of the Clone Wars cartoon series on Disney+. And I had seen it all the way through before, Um and it is still excellent. It holds up so well. And, of course, Dave Filoni, who's the guy who is, like, behind The Mandalorian and um, the Rebels cartoon series, all of those kind. You know, he's just a good storyteller, and it's just excellent. Um, so I, I have to say season seven, I've watched the last three episodes, which are all, it's like a multi-parter, and it's like a movie. It's beautiful. It is so good. So um, for all of our Star Wars fans listening out there, I mean, obviously, if you have not watched any of the Clone Wars cartoon series, yes, there are a number of seasons and many episodes per season, but I would go ahead and start slogging through it um, just to reward yourself with that seventh season that is coming up. If you jump right into the seventh season, you'll miss a lot of important backstory, so you can't easily do that. In fact, I'm going back and watching from the beginning a little bit, too, just to refresh my memory on certain things, so I'm kind of simultaneously beginning season four while I'm finishing up the final season, season seven. But outstanding. Have you seen any of the Clone Wars cartoon? No, I have not, I have not seen any of them. And I don't know why. I really don't know why. I don't know I why haven't. either. I don't know. That I'm is sorry. I'll get on it. As soon as I get these papers done, that's the first thing I'm going to do. Okay. And the Rebels cartoon series, I think is, frankly, I like it even better. It's it's great. So the Rebels cartoon series is absolutely worth a watch. And there's some dovetailing, I can tell you, between um, between those two series, actually, interestingly enough, without giving See, too much I away. Think, I think I was like, oh, like, this isn't, this is just Star Wars for kids. But, like, the way you talk about it, I'm like, okay, maybe I would like that, you know? Well, and I think that goes with some of the other cartoons that they have out there. It's like, oh, Adults could enjoy it too. So, well, yeah. not that I'm an adult, but 
I would definitely say, because they're cartoons, of course, there, there is that kitty feel to it in the animation and stuff like that. And I would say probably the earlier uh, episodes of both those series, The Clone Wars and Rebels, uh, you know, the writing and the script and, and that kind of stuff does feel a little bit more kitty, but not like, you know, inane, childish stuff. I mean, it still captures your attention. Plus, the episodes are pretty short. Usually they're, you know, like in that 20 to 30 minute kind of range. And so you can watch a couple of them easily in one sitting and, and not feel overwhelmed. Or um, So they're very bite-sized, uh, and I like that about it. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it, and the, of course, as the series develops, it becomes less kitty. You know, it becomes a little bit more a uh, little deeper because this is covering, you know, the Clone Wars. So it's covering from basically in between uh, episode two and episode three um, and, and uh, some of those events. So it does get kind of dark. It has to, you know. Um, and, of course, Rebels uh, is set in the beginning of the Rebel era, um, just kind of leading up to episode four. So, but excellent. And then last night, um, I actually sat down and rewatched episode one Phantom Menace for the first time in a very long time. And I'm uh, of that group of people that was not a big fan of the prequels. Well, they're not really prequels, episodes one, two, and three, because man, and I didn't grow up with them. So I don't have like that kind of emotional attachment that some people do that uh, remember those movies coming out when they were kids. I was already well into my adulthood when they first came out and was going to the theater so hyped about them and then kind of leaving the theater like, uh, Lucas, what'd you do? Um, so uh, there's aspects of, of them that I like, uh, certainly, but um, yeah, I wasn't all that impressed. What are your thoughts on those first three movies? Because you're of a different generation, really, when it comes to that. Yeah, I think, okay, so personally, I like, I, as a kid, really liked Jar Jar Binks. So if you're tell, like, if that's like encapsulating my thoughts, uh, very cool. Well, I, I guess him I he was Lucas's mission was accomplished because he wanted Jar Jar Binks to work and to appeal to kids, and I guess I guess I guess he did, yeah, but not to the hardcore fans. I grew up and I we watched it because my sister and I would try and like watch all the Star Wars movies like like in a day, and it would never work. We'd like watch like the first one, and then we'd just fall asleep because we started at like six at night, and then we were just too tired, but. Um, yeah, I, I liked, I I liked them when I was younger. I think it goes for a lot of my, like, generation. I think we forget how bad it was and we just focus on the good things. Like looking back, they're like, oh, those weren't so bad. And then you watch them again. You're like, okay, maybe these weren't as good as I thought, but uh, I don't know. Like I'm torn because of that reason, because I like, kind of grew up with them. I know they were probably... When did they come out? I can't even remember. Uh, early 2000s? Yeah, okay. I was yeah. young. So, like, semi-grew up with them, so there's that nostalgia aspect, but they're still kind of terrible. I, They are terrible. Yeah. They're not kind of terrible. They're terrible, but... Um, yeah, I don't really like Jar Jar Binks anymore um, <laughs> for all the reasons that many people don't like him anymore, but... Um, yeah. I, I, he is annoying. He is, he is so annoying. He is so annoying. And um, I thought he was just endearing, I guess, when I was younger. I don't know. But. And I do, I, I have to say, I feel terribly for uh, the actor that portrayed him who got, like, 
death threats. That's wrong. Obviously, there were people that were yeah. treating him very yeah. poorly. The guy was probably doing the character as it was scripted and um, as it was directed. So that's on Lucas and the directors and you know writing teams, not on on that actor. Um, and you know, I, I think the, I mean, just the idea of that character was it just wasn't pulled off well. Yeah. And maybe now that I'm thinking about, like, now I'm thinking back about Jar Jar Binks, maybe I saw myself in Jar Jar Binks in the fact that he's always, like, clumsy and not coming in at the right moment. So maybe that was, I don't maybe. know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to defend myself on why yeah. I liked him. Well, yeah. I do intend to watch, um, I'm going to watch Attack of the Clones, and I know that that one really because my I haven't watched that in years either and I and I know that I'm going to like it even less because some of the some of the writing for the like the love scenes or the you know kind of exchanges between Padme and and Anakin are like yes. retchworthy. Um yeah. It's it's going to be hard to watch. So I'm either going to have to just like um I I don't know. We'll get through it. I'm, but I want to watch it and give it its fair shake again and see what I liked and didn't like about it. And then I will watch Revenge of the of the Sith again. And, and that one I do remember originally liking better um, than the others. But uh, I guess my complaints about them in general is I think there was too much reliance on some of the technology, whereas those original movies, mm -hmm. while they had fantastic technology, it was still very real looking, you know. Um, yeah. I agree. So it's almost like it became gimmicky uh, a little bit in its use of technology. Uh, I, I just think the writing was not all that good. Um, I think the casting in general was okay. I really like Qui-Gon Jinn um, uh, with, uh, oh, why can't I think of the actor's name right now? Uh, anyhow, the guy that plays Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, oh it's going to kill me not to remember his name because I like him in so many other things. But yeah, I need to look it up. Um, look and then, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm fine with uh, with with uh, Obi Wan and and all. I think in the first movie, I wouldn't I would have cast Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, of course, yes, yeah, yeah. And Ewan McGregor is as great as Obi Wan. Yeah. Um. So definitely would keep those. Uh. The kid that is cast as Anakin, and I hope he's gone on to better things or left the the world of of um, Hollywood for better things if that's what his choice was and that he's happy and good and and I wouldn't wish on him what has been the fate sadly of too many child actors um but I I think again casting wise I would cast older for that also because of the weirdness of the age difference between Padme and him um but also yeah I think I would have I think I would have gone more with the kind of awkward gawkier preteen or teen kind of um Anakin rather than like a little boy, Anakin, and some of those other things, like the pod racing, would have been a little bit more believable then. Um, so, yeah, that casting-wise, not great. Um, in the later movies, in episodes two and three, again, Hayden Christensen didn't really do it for me. Sorry, Hayden. <laughs> He's listening. He's definitely listening. Uh, yeah, so he probably sorry. is. He's like, he every consumes everything podcast, Star Wars-wise, you know, um, um, I uh, I like Natalie Portman. Um, I, I certainly like her in more recent stuff. Um, I forgot until I watched that again yesterday how much I really didn't like, you know, her kind of stilting delivery of Queen Amidala. Everything's just, it's just 
uh, it's hard to listen to at some points, but yeah. yeah. But I think a lot of that has to do with the writing too. Like, yes. and she was so young at the time. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, yeah, she was, she was pretty young at the time. So like, uh, the inexperience of it, probably that factored into, but yeah, I don't know. But, um, what I was going to ask, how did you get into Star Wars? Um, Do you remember? Well, you know, it's an interesting thing that I'm, I don't remember there not being Star Wars because I was born after um, the first movie came out. I was born in 78. The first one came out in 77. And then Empire Strikes Back came out in, I think, 80. Um, and then I do have very faint memories of going to the theater. I think my sister, my older sister brought me and maybe, um, but I can't remember exactly. But I, I honestly, the memories I have of that are like walking through the parking lot of the theater and into the theater. And then some like random memories of what I saw on the screen. Uh, probably most importantly, I remember the Rancor from Return of the Jedi and being scared by that. Of course, I was a little kid. So, um, so I have very vague memories, like I say, of, of watching Return of the Jedi in the theater when it was originally released. Uh, we didn't go on opening night or anything like that, so I was not lined up and I was not in cosplay or anything like that. I was just a little kid going to the theater with my older sister. So, um, But then, you know, from then on, you know, I grew up with playing with the toys. I had some of them. I... Um, my neighbor across the street had a vast collection of pretty much all the figures. I had a cousin that had all the figures and, um, you know, there wasn't other than the movies, there wasn't any more like content out there. There weren't the shows and things as much. Um, but you know, we, yeah, I mean, I running around in the backyard with the broomstick pretending to be a Jedi and, you know, having lightsaber duels with my next door neighbors. That's grew up with that, you know? That's so exciting. Broomstick, lightsaber. Well, I remember, in fact, specifically, we had a green broom, so I could unattach the broom part of it, and I had a green lightsaber that way. Perfect. Perfect. I don't know that my parents really liked that, because I was probably, like, (laughs) whacking it against another person's broomstick or against the fence or against the tree or... Oh, boy. But all of that kind of stuff, you know, you just kind of imagine that universe and that world and you put yourself in it. And, of course, you everybody makes themselves the hero in that. But <laughs> I don't know. There's exactly. some kids that probably enjoyed playing Darth Vader. Hope they found a yeah. red room. So. If that's all they had, yeah. No, I didn't have the luxury of seeing the original ones in the theater. But, um, yeah, I remember watching the movies when I was younger. And I thought, I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then my family goes, uh, we're lucky enough to go to Disney a lot. So uh, we used to go to this thing called Star Wars Weekend. They used to have um, like a weekend where it was all Star Wars. It was at Hollywood Studios. Um, and my sister and I would get, we had like, uh, they had robes. And they don't sell these specific ones anymore. Um, but we had like Jedi robes. And um, if you flipped the hood up, they had Mickey ears on top. So that was pretty funny. Uh, um, but one thing I remember, we went to this, um, It was they don't have Star Wars Weekends anymore, I think. No, I know because uh, there were one, Galaxy's Edge is open now, um, which is the new Star Wars land at Hollywood Studios. But also, there were a lot of like uh, people dressing up in costume, and then they would get into fights. Uh, 
I believe that's what happened. I know there were some, like, there's some violence, and then also people were dressing up, and then kids would think that these people were the characters, you know, and then they'd go to meet them, uh, and then they'd be like, yeah. yeah. So there's just a lot. But yeah. But I remember one time we went, and we, we got to see Warwick Davis. Cool. Yeah. Yes. So that was a highlight. That was pretty cool, especially because he was in Star Wars and he was in Harry Potter. So that was double duty. And he's there, been, but... I mean, he's been in like almost all of the movies. Uh, well, at least yeah. since, uh, since Return of the Jedi. And he was, interestingly right. enough, I watched on Disney Plus, too, they had a, um, uh, a documentary from, oh, a couple of years, several years ago. That And I realized he was like a last-minute substitution for for that that kind of principal yeah. role of of that particular Ewok that's interacting with um Leah in in that. So um yeah. So that was cool. And then he he was even in um he was in Solo. He's got a he's got a spot in Solo. Yeah. I believe so, he's in one of the other the most recent ones I, too. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I bet they found a way to work him in there. I just can't. Yeah, he was definitely he was definitely. I just can't remember. It's always been kind of a little smaller part, that, but yeah, I think he's part of the franchise, so that's kind right. of cool. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Yep. Well, it's all good stuff. Um, and you know, I've liked a lot of the other movies. I like. I did like Solo. I know people felt like maybe that was Star Wars saturation, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was just pretty much a straight up space western, um, including a train heist and a double cross of the double cross and all that good stuff. So, um, good stuff there. Um, and then what was the other one that I, why am I, I'm blanking on all my star Wars stuff here today that was not, um, part of the recent trilogy. Uh, Ooh, cannot remember. Anyhow. Um, Oh, it's, um, no, I know what you're talking about. It's dang it. (laughs) Okay. This is really sad. (laughs) It's got Felicity Jones in it. Yes. It. <laughs> um, it's it's exactly like my it. piano thing today. Like, why am I forgetting this stuff? I know this stuff backwards <laughs> and forwards. Oh. Okay, I'm going to find it. Rogue One. Rogue One. Yes. Excellent. I thought. We did not plan that. We both said like it. <laughs> Rogue One. Rogue One. All right. Well, it is uh, it is a wonderful May the 4th, Star Wars Day. By the way, this is also our 10th episode of the Faith Awakens podcast, so we are in double digits. Woo! Happy yeah. 10th anniversary. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll keep trucking through the summer as best we can and um, have some more guests on here in coming episodes, I'm sure. And, but... Uh, well, I, I would say may the faith be with you, but maybe we should just say may the fourth be with you today. Yes. So, all right. May the fourth be with you. Is it, and with, do you say and with your spirit with that? Well, that's and the weird with mashup your... with this. In the church, yeah, you say and with your spirit, but in Star Wars culture, no, of course not. But And with your friends, Ewok, I don't know. Just say right back at you. Right right back at you. There you go. All right, Megan, good luck with the rest of your papers and your finals week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, fellas, Tom. See you. Take care. Bye-bye.